What's good, family? It's your boy Trader Rules from Real Last Conversations, and I get a question all the time. How do I make a podcast? And what I make my podcast on is Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free app that allows you to make your podcast anywhere from your phone or your computer. You can make money off of this. So please add to your podcast either in the beginning or in the middle. That's free game right there. You have everything in one place. So please download an Anchor free app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Please. Let's make this money together, y'all. Love. What's good? It's your boy, Trader Reels from Real Lads Conversations. It's episode number 32, and I got a real special guest on here with me today. It's one of my uh, day one homeboys. We go back to eighth grade band all the way till now. We just actually was in New Jersey last week for one of our other friends' wedding. It was uh, beautiful. Texan Sipo, I just want to say thank you for bringing us out there. It was like a, be- a beautiful, a special occasion that I think was good for all of us because it's been like, I think like 10 years since we all been back together in one setting. Like we always come back and it'd be like a, a few people with, uh, from like past groups, but everybody was flying together. So it was good to have them out. So I'm going to pass over my boy Sheldon. I'm going to let him introduce himself and say what he does. Sure, man. Thanks for having me, Trey. But as you said, we've been a one day ones, man. I'm I'm honored to be on this podcast because, you know, I've been I've been following everything that you're doing, and these conversations are always on point. So I know I had to I had to jump on. Uh, a little bit about me. I'm a I'm from Willenboro, same place as Trey. Uh, right now I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm into telecommunications as a network architect. Um, I own a wireless fiber company. Um, but we'll get into a little bit of that a little bit later. So yeah. Okay, so that's so you so telecommunications. So I that was like my first major, and I had to drop that shit real quick because I got tired of getting electrocuted, bro. Like, so are you <laughs> are you hands on with it? Or are you more like software? Like, how are you now, like in telecommunications? I'm kind of I'm kind of the one at the top that kind of makes everything move. So I closed the deals, and you know I got all the contractors, engineers, other architects, uh, distributors, manufacturers. So I take I take all the different components uh, of uh, what would be a network infrastructure and, and piece it all together. Um, but sometimes you know sometimes for some small stuff I'll, I'll get my hands dirty and you know, run some wires, do some ceilings and some walls and do some connections and configurations. But for the most part, yeah, I got I, I, I got a team for that. So you pretty much the DJ Khaled of telecommunications. Yeah, that's I mean, that's really what I'm what I'm trying to go through as far as uh, making it known. Right. Because everybody knows healthcare, Everybody knows real estate. Everybody knows all these major industries. Uh, that we're very familiar with, but I feel like not too many people know about telecommunications and we all rely on it. Like how we're talking right now is because of telecommunications, like social media, how data travels, like all of that is telecommunications. So um, what I realize is there's a lot to be made in that industry uh, and there's a lot to, there's, there's a lot to know about it. So, you know, in my lifetime, I want to be one that kind of trailblazes that path, uh, especially because there's not too many or really at all any any black people in that space. Uh, so I kind of want to be that inspiration to educate and, and inspire others to get uh, more into technology because that's where the future is heading. So did you go to school for it? Did you just get certified? How did you get your foot into the door of this business? So it's was, it was crazy. Some of y'all may know I, I went to school for music. You know, I was always a band geek. Um, you know, I, I went to school for jazz performance, uh, you know, that paid a good amount of my tuition and, you know, room and board, all of that. And halfway through college, I realized, you know, it's not really what I want to do. And I always had a passion for technology. So I kind of, you know, got away from, you know, the traditional college lifestyle and just, you know, went out on a limb and, you know, went to Florida. I moved to Florida and really just restarted. I think I was like, what, 20 at the time, 19, 20. And yeah, I just took a whole new path and ended up getting a job with uh, Comcast. And that's when I really got immersed into, you know, the basics of telecommunications and how that works. And I ended up 
building all of their infrastructure, um, pretty much majority of, I'll probably say about 80% of it from Palm Beach all the way down to Miami. And from there, I just started getting larger and larger opportunities. I started, you know, getting larger partners and I started outgrowing my role to the point where I had to, you know, elevate a little bit. And uh, another company uh, scooped me up uh, and then I got access to, you know, much hiring like government grade type infrastructure that you would see on banks and hospitals and, and hotels and government uh, municipalities. And once I got my hands on on that type of technology and understanding of the technology, it kind of took off from there to where different companies that I've worked with in the interim and while I was working uh, with Windstream as the company, um, they started reaching out to me on the side, like, hey, you know, I've, you know, we work with you in the past. We, we enjoy working with you. We enjoy your knowledge. Like, you know, if you ever want to do this yourself, you know, here's a partnership agreement. And one partnership agreement led to five and then five led to 10 to the point where I had enough resources to to start my own company. Yo, that is so tough, bro. Like just to hear that story, just. Like, you pretty much learned the game, got your foot in the door, and you did the right things to get to the right places. And for the people listening out here, you know, I have a lot of good friends from back at home. And each one of my friends I kind of, like, look up to in different ways. And uh, for you, Sheldon, to me, I always thought you was a visionary from, like, when we was real young. Like, I remember I used to play trumpet, but I used to think, like, you know, like, nobody cool plays trumpet. So I went to, I went to, I went to percussion. So I'm doing drums and everything. I was never that good at band, but all my friends did did, did band. So I just st- I just, I just stuck with it to be with them. But then I met Sheldon in middle school, and he was like doing modern day songs with the trumpet, and I was just like, wow! Like I wish I would have knew him in elementary school when I was younger. I probably don't. Who would have knew what I would did with trumpet? But I always felt like you always you always did things your own way. And you never wavered from the path. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when you switched up from music to your new career in telecommunications, like, you always had a certain confidence about yourself where you knew, like, you knew what the end goal was going to be. So I just want to know, like, was you always like that? Or, did, or was there a certain point in your life where you were just, like, you finally just, like, knew yourself? Um, no, that's a good question. You know, when I when I look back, ever since I was a kid, I've kind of always had that mentality. You know, my mom has always instilled in me that everything that you do, give it, give it your best. Uh, and, you know, that might sound, you know, very routine or very cliche, but, you know, I've, I've, I've instilled that at a very young age to everything I touch, I got to give it, you know, my best effort. And um, it's funny with the, with the, the trumpet, I actually wanted to play sax for real. Uh, Cause you know, like you said, like that was, that was more so of like, you know, the cool instrument, like I wanted, I wanted something that was going to serenade the ladies. And I'm like, man, I can't do that with a trumpet. <laughs> and at first I started, I, I started with percussion, like, you know, like yourself. And I remember when we got in that band room, you know, the band, I think it was Mr. D Donato. He was like, everybody go to your, everybody real go quick, to your different real section. Quick second, real quick second. Fuck that nigga. But go ahead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I we, hated his ass. I hated his ass. Yeah, everybody. I remember we we made him cry one time. Yeah, we 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 always bumped heads. Everybody bumped heads with him. But um, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah. So I remember he was like, everybody go to your section. You know, pick the instrument that you play. And I remember everybody was in the drum section. I'm like, nah, I ain't no way I'm gonna be able to play with like 25 heads sitting in the back. And um, so. He, he had told everybody come come back after school you know i got a few instruments laying around I'm like dope i want to get the sax and as soon as the bell rang i'm like flying all the way back to the band room i'm on like e-wing somewhere like e or d-wing that was like way on the other side of way on the other side of levitt and i didn't get there in time he was like yeah i already you know gave up the sax because whoever was trying to get it was like already right there and he's like i had a trumpet i'm like man i don't want to play this but you know, I don't want to play drums. I want to try something new. I was like, all right, well, can you teach it to me? He's like, uh, he's like, I don't know how to play this. You know, we're going to have to figure this out together. <laughs> so how you I'm a like, band, you're the band teacher. teacher. Yeah. Play what? You're the band teacher and you, you don't know how to play. So he gave me like this little music sheet on like, you know, what buttons to press and what notes or what. 
And I just took it home and just started making a lot of noise, pissed off a lot of people. But I was very determined to make something of it. Uh, and I probably say within about a month, I ended up getting first chair. Uh, anywhere between, I think it was like anywhere between like one and two, it was kind of alternating. But I picked up the instrument very quick and I never, I never looked back. Um, you know, there was a few people that actually inspired me to, to play the instrument, Martin. Um, you know, he played in elementary school. I always see how he was, he was rocking it. Evans? Uh, Hassan. Yeah, Martin Evans. Yeah. That was actually something I was telling him at the I wedding. I never knew that. Yeah. I was like, yo, you, you actually the first person that inspired me to play trumpet. Uh, and, and Hassan Smith, uh, he, he would, he was, he was pretty nice on it too. So I was like, all right, I see how they was doing it. I could, I could do that as well. And yeah. I just, I just kept it going. You know, as you know, developed a, a strong love for music. Um, and just took it as far as I could. I ain't gonna lie, y'all band kids as well, man. I wish I wasn't in high school. Y'all definitely was uh, doing y'all thing in high school. We, gonna... we was able to do whatever we wanted, too. Like, senior year, like, we had privileges. <laughs> I think, I, honestly, I personally think, and especially at our school, if you was elite at whatever you did, you had Gosh. pretty much special privilege to do what you want. Like, <laughs> our band was one of the top bands. We had like I want to say everyone, every one of our sports departments was big, but you know football, basketball was big. We had one of the best wrestlers in like the nation with James. So I felt like they really, if they, if they seen that you put the work in and your craft, they really mm -hmm. kind of just left you alone. I think Will and yeah. it gets a bad rap at a lot, at like a lot of times. But I feel like our class, even though we did joke around like that. We took a lot of things seriously when it came to what we love to do, and that's why I feel like sometimes we got we had some free with some uh, leeway in a lot of decisions that were made, whether we got in trouble or not. They were just kind of like you know, kids will be kids. Like long as y'all ain't mm -hmm. you know shooting up and like trying to kill each other, it's fine. Right. But a lot of the kids in our class had a lot of skills, whether it was in band, whether it was in football, basketball. Because I don't know about you, like even though. Us as a football team or a track team, we used to play around a lot. Like, our coaches had us by the neck where they would be like, you know, if, if you don't take this shit serious, you can't do this sport. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would just like, yo, this is the only way I can get out. So that straightened a lot of us out real early where we'd be like, all right, we have to, like, we can't be like the other kids. Like, we got to – we can still have fun, but we got to, you know, do it in a sensible way. And that's what I think I got away with. Like, I used to do a lot of, like, dumb shit, but I would do it in a realm where it wasn't, like, how can I say destructive? Like, right. like I would still get good grades and all that type of stuff. But it would be to the point where it was like, all right, this is like, all right, kids being kids kind of thing. Not kids trying to be grown-ass adults trying to do grown-ass shit. Which some people was doing that. I ain't going to say everybody yeah. wasn't. But in my, in my part, that's how I was in a way. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, uh, you know, for the most part, we were all pretty level-headed. Like, I'd say the class that uh, came before us and, and, and even after us, um, you know, we're, we're all pretty solid students. And you could, you know, proof is in the pudding. Like, you could see what a lot of uh, a lot of people that graduated from our class and, and the year prior and after, they're all doing, you know, pretty well, majority of them. So, you know, we weren't that bad to the point where we had to be, you know, held under uh, a ball and chain, but, um, you know, we had our leeway because we were doing so well. Majority of us had good grades. You know, we were uh, excelling in all the programs that, that you know, we were participating in. And, and it was just a special time. Like, it, it's, it's kind of sad to see what happened over time with Willembro, you know, considering where it came from and, you know, how, how big the, you know, the programs were and all the different departments that were there that got dissolved over time. So, um, you know, I definitely always say we we were there at a time that was that was extremely special, uh, for sure. Nah, definitely. So, if you can describe your music or your business style, what what what, what how would you describe your style? I like I, I like luxury. Like I like Ooh. I like that modern modern luxury because um, with with modern luxury comes quality. Um, and I like, I like things that aren't rushed. I like things that have a lot of detail within its creation, um, that can be appreciated, right? You know, a lot of times in business, people want to 
start up a company or start up a business just for money or they want to you know get get in and get in on, get in and get out on something real quick um and a lot of times that doesn't last um same thing with music right like if you just do it just to you know just to do cover songs or just to recite a few raps but you don't really sit there and perfect your craft and you know learn how to improvise learn how to freestyle um you know learn how to read music right just honing your craft in every in every uh fashion um you know you won't you won't really go to go too far so uh for me it's it's the things that take time and those masterpieces so i would definitely say like modern luxury um is, is definitely my style yo that is definitely your style <laughs> you said that perfectly i cause i I asked that question because I always wanted to know because, like I said, a lot of people y'all don't know, like know my my boy Sheldon personally, but whatever what he just said is extremely true. I remember one time I went to your apartment in in New Jersey a couple years back. I think it was like probably like 2016 or something like that, 2015. Yeah, somewhere around there. somewhere around there. And I think this man was paying like 2,000 for an apartment. And it was a nice apartment, and I was just like, bro, like, why don't you just go somewhere different and just like, you know, st- like stack your money up? And he was just like, he said, I like to see what I what I work for, and that always mm-hmm. stuck with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I heard that, I was just like, okay, like this this guy is willing to put the work in, and he wants to he wants to embrace the whole lifestyle. Like, he's not trying to just be a, like talk about it. He wants to be it. He wants to be submerged in it. And at that point, like I always started looking at you in a different way, where I was just like, like, wow, like this dude really got a, a good head on his shoulders. And I'm not saying like you have to live in luxury or you know do that to like you right. know live a good life, but for somebody to practice what they preach, to me is real big. And I'm blessed to have a lot of friends that practice what they preach. And uh, I yeah. and like to me. I always looked up to you for that. Like, I don't know whether you knew that or not, but I always used to be like, you know, like, my boy Sheldon, he in Florida. I know for a fact he got his shit together because I, I know for a fact you wouldn't have it any other way. Like, it's in your DNA. That's, that's part of you. And I always uh, looked up to you in that. And uh, before we got on this conversation, we were talking about your purpose. And is your purpose pretty much getting in technology or is it? Or is your purpose, do you think, Helping people communicate with each other on a on a on a grander scale is it, is it for people or is it for detect like like can you explain your purpose real quick? Yeah, I, I I would definitely say it's for the people. I think technology is just a conduit to what it is that I'm trying to achieve as an outcome, which is more people driven than anything. You know, I, I look at everything from a global perspective, right and there was, there was a point in time in my life where I kind of changed my perspective from just being focused on what's in the present and what's around me at, in, you know, like a more finite radius to looking at things from a global perspective. And what I mean by that is, you know, we look at what's going on here in the U.S. versus what's going on in different countries in Africa or Australia or Europe it's different lifestyles, different perspectives. Every part of the world is going through something different, um, especially, you know, uh, parts of the world that don't have the privileges that we do here. It's to my, my purpose is to really provide those resources to areas of the world, typically where we find people of culture to augment that a little bit and, and, and get them going in, you know, a more uh, sustainable uh, environment. Like, for example, there's, you know, I, I talk to like about once a week, I have this project that I'm working on in Nigeria um, for uh, reusable energy and solar energy. And can you believe like a lot of these people that are living in these communities in Nigeria, they're still running off of generators where they only get six to eight hours of electricity a year, uh, a day. Um, and, you know, that's that's what they run off where we take that for granted here because we walk in the house, lights are on, we flick the switch, it's, it's working, we turn that PlayStation on, Wi-Fi is connected, right? But there's still a lot of places in the world that, that don't have those resources. So for me, yeah, it's, it's, definitely, about, it's definitely about the people and, and kind of evening out the playing field in places that don't really have the advantage um, from a resource perspective and also from a knowledge perspective, because outside of outside of anything tangible, money, 
I think knowledge is the most important and most powerful power that we have as people. Um, because, you know, you could be somebody that has all the money in the world and no knowledge and, you know, not know what to do with it versus somebody that has all the knowledge that doesn't need money. Because if, you know, you know what to do and where to maneuver and, you know, how to apply certain things and concepts, you won't necessarily need money because there's always a way to do something with very little resources uh, and do it at a very big level. So, uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Well, did. So I just want to ask this other question. So do you have any people that you look up to that kind of help motivate you or somebody that you kind of want to shape your life? Cause honestly, when you talk about re- renewable energy and stuff, I started thinking of like people like Akon and stuff like that, that yeah. started, he started an own community where he lived at and wanted like, had like top people do re- re- like reusable, like electricity, different things like that to help better his people. So are, are there anybody that you look up to or anybody that, you study when it comes to the business you're in? Um, Akon, Akon would definitely be one of them, but it, it may sound weird. I don't, I don't really study too many people. Like I see, I see what's going on and what, you know, people that have the resources to, you know, implement things in different parts of the world. Um, but like I, like I mentioned earlier, there's not really too many people in telecommunications or t- technology um, outside of like Akon and maybe like a few others. But um, for me, when I when I think about inspiration, uh, I'll be honest with you, a lot of my inspiration comes from, you know, my closest friends, right? Like you and mm. everybody that was at the wedding. Like I, I, I get my inspiration from those who keep me grounded, family, right? Because it's, to me, growth comes from things that um, you develop over years, right? And the things that um, you've gained from people like for you, you, for example, you've always been somebody that's had, you know, look at look at things from multiple perspectives. Right. Always asking the right questions um, and, and always being a conversationalist, just being around you. That has, you know, increased my skill with communication to where I'm always making sure I'm asking the right questions or um, I'm really getting to, you know, the layer that I want to get to of an understanding whether I'm communicating with somebody on a personal level or on a business level. So a a lot of the things that I've learned over the years that are intangible has come from, you know, my inner circle, like Tux and Sipo. Those, those two has keep kept me grounded for years, right? They, uh, you know, they, they've been people that's, you know, will, will always keep, keep it real with me, just like you, right? Like, um, you know, never sugarcoat things, just, you know, be, being honest and, um, you know, all, all of those things that you need from family and close friends. So it's, it's the intangible things that's always been uh, a, a, an inspiration and, and a motivation for me to, to continue to grow and just, you know, always continue to keep, uh, keep my eyes open to what's going on around the world, but never forgetting to, to remain grounded. Yo, that is tough because uh, I'm kind of in the same way. Uh, besides Kanye West, I do look up to Kanye West. People, people yeah, know that. People don't know already. But uh, besides that, like my dad always tell me when I was younger, he was just like, you know, you only can have like two real friends in your lifetime. He said you can never have like you know that many like real friends. And to me, I ain't gonna lie, I probably got like ten friends that I think are like actually close friends of mine. And I always told him, it's just like, I kind of feel like he limited himself, but sometimes people will show themselves throughout time. But I had people that literally showed up for me and, and like, and reached out to me whenever I needed them or needed like an ear to hear, to hear me. And that's why I try to be to my friends. Cause growing up, like I wouldn't like, I was cool. I think I was cool with everybody. I wouldn't say I was the coolest person, but I made it a point for me to be in different circles. Like, mm-hmm. I would be with the kids that you would consider nerds. I don't, I don't think they're nerds because they're the ones that put me up on the most game when it comes to, like, things going on and technology and stuff like that. They would even, right. like, give me things and be like, hey, bro, like, go ahead and use this for, like, a month. I was like, for real? Like, you sure? And they'd be like, yeah, like, go ahead and take that. And they reached to, they reached to a part of me that I never knew what I had. Then I would go to sports, and I will have another part unleashed. I go to music. I'll have another part of me at least. So to me, it was like 
I feel like yeah. each person has different sides of them, and and it's easy to open up to people when they are willing to open up to you. And that's why I try to be to other people. I want to be a, a place where you're people, yeah, where I'm relatable, and that you know that I'm not just talking to you just to get something out of you. Like right. I actually care about what you want to say. Because sometimes. You might you, you. I feel like for me, I can tell when a person a bullshitter. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can tell when somebody just hanging out with me or being around me just gets something out of me, or when they're right. actually genuinely there. And being blessed to go on one bro, I met a lot of people who I felt like, yo, like this person actually, actually there for me. There've been points in time where people will bring up stuff that I don't even remember. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, same. And same. I would, I'll be like, yo, like, like that part when I told you. When I went to your house, you told me that, you know, you want to see what you work for. Like, yeah. I done had times with other people in our group told me things. And I was like, damn, you remember that? And they'd be like, yeah, I learned a lesson from that, from that time I met you. And I would be like, damn, like, to me, it, it shows me that pretty much being honest actually does go someplace. Because sometimes people can just hear you and it goes in one ear out the other. But when somebody actually yeah. takes what you say and apply it to their lives, you'd be like, yo, like, it, it, to me, it hits a different chord. So, I just always want to be an open person. And for me, like I said, I feel like my real calling, when you talk about being real intricate, is this whole podcast Mm -hmm. communication on this end. Because for me, this is the only thing I really feel like I take real seriously because it's something I like to do. I want to make sure it's done right. I be spending hours editing these these episodes. It's funny to me because I listen to some podcasts and people be like, I don't edit. And I be like, man, I wish I had that cool of a head not to edit my shit like because <laughs> for right. me i want my shit to sound perfect i want my guests to come off perfect i don't want it to sound mediocre i want it to sound as best to the audience as, as i possibly can so right. that's how i know i actually want to do this and we were talking before before i got you on this podcast about i'm currently in hotels right now and i got an opportunity to go to a higher position but right now i'm like it's hotels my calling and I want to start something new, but I'm scared to start something new because I feel like, am I too old to start something new? Like, what if it fades away? But you kind of just, that conversation, that we had three-minute conversation, you probably was saying, like, that's a lane to get me to, like, the next part destination of my life. Mm-hmm. And I needed to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you can doubt yourself, but sometimes people can see something in yourself that you'd be like, you know what? That is true. You uh, yeah. post something with Inky Johnson today that reached out to me on your Snapchat. Yeah. And it's so funny because I was listening to Inky Johnson uh, a talk the other day where he was saying that he was going to this uh, high school and everybody was telling him, if you, if you go to this high school, you, you're going to go end up in jail. But he had to repeat and tell him, like, you know, that's not who I am. And people right. constantly doubted him. But he said when he finally did it, he put his D1 scholarship in their face, and they're like, how'd you do it? He was like, I had to prove that it can be done. Right. So for me, like, I listen to different podcasters and get different inspirations through that way, just to know how I can talk. Because I feel like when I first started doing podcasts, I feel like I was cutting my guests off too much. Now I want to actually, or I wouldn't even say that. I will listen to podcasts, and I will mm-hmm. feel like the hosts will cut their, their, their interview off too much. And I'd be like, damn, am I doing that? Right. Now listen to my shit, and I'd be like, you know what? Like I am doing that. So now I want to just ask a question and let my my uh, guest speak. And when you actually let your guest speak, you like they might say a a, a point, and you'd be like, okay, that's something I can hit off on afterwards when it comes to a conversation and, and like and communicating. Yeah. So when you talk about you know getting like real intricate in your work, I feel like that only can work when you're working in your purpose. Exactly. And, and words are very powerful. Like, uh, you know, to your point, like you never know what somebody can hear in just being themselves. Right. That's why I, I like to watch a lot of interviews um, personally. Like if I'm um, trying to understand more about, a, you know, somebody that's in the public eye or celebrity, I always I always listen to interviews because that's where they're giving their honest opinion. Right. It's 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 just raw data at that point versus you know, watching a TV show or seeing them in a different environment um, because they're giving their genuine, um, uh, you know, perspective on things. And, and and words are very powerful. You never know what you can say that can change someone's perspective. I have a lot of people that come to me, um, just like you said, where, you know, it's something that I said years ago. And, you know, 
they live by it to this day. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, so I, I, I need to be mindful of what I say because, you know, it's, it's, you know, it can be taken very strongly, but also, you know, making sure that I'm being honest at the same time. Right. Cause a lot of times people hold back what they really want to say. Whereas like you said, that honesty can really be what that person needs to hear. Um, and doubt too, like, you know, there's people, people, fall to doubt and people get motivated by doubt like that example you just gave you know when i when i first started working at comcast um i'll give you an example i was responsible for two zip codes and my manager had told me the reason i'm giving you these two zip codes is because they are in a minority primarily uh, minority uh neighborhood right so it was deerfield beach in tamarack florida Uh, anybody that knows anything about those two cities it's you know primarily uh culture um and prior to me getting hired he said the only zip codes that he had at the time were boca raton west palm beach like the real ritzy white neighborhoods and he said if his director didn't give him those zip codes that he assigned to me he wouldn't have hired me because i would have had a hard time because i'm black uh mind you my manager that hired me was white Mm -hmm. and at the time, I kind of took that, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't take it personal. I didn't, you know, hang my head. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting. And I kind of used that as motivation to continue to, to drive and, and, and you know, be the best at what, what I was doing. And in about a year, I ended up being the top uh, top rep in Comcast. And I ended up also opening up a market for them that they didn't even tap into. Which was the uh, which was a bit of a merger between um, Comcast Business and Xfinity, um, and I had made very good friends with the people in, in corporate to to be able to work those two sides of the company side by side, and I ended up getting this really large contract with this HOA community that was in Boca Raton, and it was the largest it was the largest deal that anyone has ever you know, come across in that space. And I took that contract and I slapped it right on his desk. Uh, and I told him, don't ever doubt me again. And I walked out and he came out. Oh, maybe shit. About uh, and he apologized. He said, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry I doubted you. And I, I ended up getting the majority of the contracts. The majority of my money that I made with Comcast was in Palm Beach, Boca Raton, you know, all of those, um, you know, hard to, hard to break, uh, account so you know it's 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 the things that people say that from from people that either know you those that you may report to at work um it's it's a matter of how you respond to it it's not really what happens to you it's 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 a matter it's a matter of what you choose to do with that information or that perspective that someone's given to you and and turn it into something positive for yourself so that's something that i've always tried to um be mindful of and, and, and get good at all right dope dope so I ain't want this whole conversation just to be serious now. So I, I want to end off. Yeah, I, I, I'm. A, I just got one more topic. I just want to see what do you prefer? Do you prefer older woman or younger woman, or maybe somebody your age? Hmm. That's 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 a good question because I've had I've had both right. So an older woman typically comes with. Uh, a little bit more experience, right? She knows what she wants. And, you know, it's kind of out of that phase where she's not like out in the streets and, you know, clubbing, partying, because a lot of women, you know, they they go to a point in their lives where they, they're like, you know, 25, 30, you know, getting anywhere between 25 and 30, and then they want to settle down and then put the clamps on somebody versus a younger woman who is, um, you know, still coming up, that's more easy. I wouldn't necessarily say easier to communicate with, but, you know, hasn't really experienced as much life to where you can instill some of your values into her and, you know, those be reciprocated and appreciated. So um, to me, it, it really just depends on the woman because I've been, I've been in relationships where I'm with someone younger and someone older um i would i would probably say it's more about it's more about the chemistry ideally maybe yeah i'll probably say i'll probably say younger if i had to pick between the two 
younger. So how much younger? Mm, so I'm at 20, 28. I'd probably say no more than three, four years. You don't want too much of an age gap for maturity, for maturity reasons. But at the same time, it depends on the woman. Like some some women mature a lot younger than uh, than others. So it, it really depends. Have you ever met a woman that was that maybe you was too immature for? That was too immature for? That you wasn't like say that you was the person that was too immature for her. I mean, not in my perspective. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> not in my perspective. I mean, I, I've you know I've dated I've dated a girl that was six years older than me, and maybe maybe she may have felt that like in the beginning, but I I adapted pretty quick, right? Because there's a lot that you that you learn when you're with someone that's that much older than you. Um, but I, I feel like I adapted pretty quick to you know say oh shit like you know i gotta i gotta i gotta get on my game or like you know she she knows this that i don't know and you know it was it was more of like a uh to me I, I looked at it as motivation um and um yeah so so i i wouldn't say yeah i wouldn't say i felt like i was i was too immature like i i think i adapted pretty quick all right so going so the for me personally, you know, I think I'd rather date somebody around my age. I feel like older women, like you said earlier, they do know how to. I feel like they know how to be with a man. Like I've been with an older woman, and I felt like, wow, like she making me feel like a man. Like I feel like sometimes when you young, like a, a younger girl, they don't know how to do that. If right. anything, it's kind of more so of like the tension. If the tension not on them, it's kind of like, all right, I don't really know how to deal with the man besides by what I want as a woman. Right. So when I'm with an older woman, I feel like you know they know how to make you a guy like feel respected, and but the other side of that is they do have expectations because you know their, their clock is ticking with a lot of things. Right. So they kind of have like, all right, like I make I, I bring all this to the table, so I expect a finish line eventually, i.e., marriage or commitment, dating, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when younger chick is more so, it's like, all right, you got to catered to me or more so they just don't know how to respond to a man and what a man really wants they might think they know what a man what like i.e just sex stuff like that but i feel right. like as a guy we want more than just you know the physical like you gotta yeah. be able to make us feel like we at peace rather than when we just having sex like, yeah and i feel like i feel like that biological clock is just as detrimental to women as it is to guys because um you know, I, I always say love, love is just another form of attachment, right? Like when you, when you consider, you know, being in a relationship for X amount of years and, you know, going the distance as far as marriage and, and, you know, deciding, okay, this is the person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. There's a lot of intangibles that has to be, that you have to be certain about to make that decision. Right. And I think a lot of those a lot of those intangibles like trust, communication, honesty, loyalty, that takes time to develop, right? So, you know, when you talk about the biological clock, a lot of times that's what I was referring to uh, earlier. That could be a detriment because it doesn't really give time to, to establish those things. And you can't, you can't build that in a year. You can't build that in two years. And usually in about two, two and a half, three years, that's where it's like, all right, well, where's, where's marriage? Where's the kids? Where's, you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like I feel like um, we don't in society today, especially with social media and, you know, a lot of distractions, uh, you know, being put in front of us. We don't really take the time. And I see this in a lot of people's relationships um, and 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 mine in, in the past. Right. Where that time isn't really taken to develop those intangibles that that really matter um, because it's just. You know, the first first couple of years, it's all fun. It's the honeymoon phase. It's all sex. It's, you know, all the things that you could really find anywhere. But when it comes down to developing what's what's really important, um, like I said, those three things, trust, communication, loyalty, honesty, uh, that takes time. And a lot of people need to develop that within themselves before, um, 
you know, bringing that into a relationship uh, and, ah, and expecting it. So you one of those niggas. I'm joking. It's funny because <laughs> I had conversations on his podcast before and with other girls in public, and they said that I ain't shit because I said it takes me like a year to catch feelings. And I said mm-hmm. it takes me a year to catch feelings because I feel like you don't really know nobody until a year and a half. And mm-hmm. they expect marriage in like two years. But I tell them, I said, I know, I know guys that literally will be say, tell a girl they with, they with her and be like, I'm not serious with the girl. I'm just going to be with her just so I can get what I want. And they'll right. bullshit for a year or two. Oh, yeah. And then after a year or two, once they done, they get done with her, they break up with her, the girl's put empty inside. So that's why I said, like, it's, I feel like it takes a while for you to really know a person. Like, of course, you can find a person and fall in love and you can have a fairy to end them, but I feel like that's like a one in a billion chance. Like, it, it works for some people, but I don't think it's that, that obtainable. But for me, it just, I feel like a lot of women just feel like they've been played before. So. They want to lock you down now, but just because a guy lock you down now doesn't mean you still won't get played. Right. And I know a lot of girls who are messing with guys in relationships. (laughs) So I'm just saying, like, just just because that dude claiming you, is he only with you? I mean, come on. Like, you just, you got with him at three months. I I don't think you know somebody's character after three months. So I feel like, ladies, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, say anything, but really just learn the person besides how they make you feel the one hour y'all with each other a day. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's 24 hours for every day of your life is a mighty long time. Yeah. And especially like, I, I feel like, I feel like, um, the more somebody has to offer, it could be on both sides, right? There's a lot of high value women. There's a lot of high value men. And the more you have to offer, the more there is to uncover. Right. So look at, you know, as you're giving that advice, like I I would recommend looking, you know, for not just how that person makes you feel in that, uh, in that, uh, point in time, but like, what value is that person actually bringing to your life? What are you learning about life? And what are you learning about yourself through that person? How is this person actually making you better? Like take away. And a lot of, a lot of women get blinded by money. Oh, this guy bought me a bag. He bought me some shoes. He took me out here. He took me out there. Like that's, that's nothing. Like I I made good money. I could, I could afford to damn near do whatever I want and give whatever girl, anything she wants but that doesn't necessarily mean I love her or I want to, I want to, you know, build a life for her. I'm just doing that because it's something I, I establish on my, my own and I can afford it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's, it's going to be good. So, or it's going to stand the test of time. So, you know, looking for those things in a person that go beyond materialistic and superficial, um, is, is, is very, very important. And, and we live in a very superficial uh environment these days because everything is you know everything is very materialistic and it's in our face but nobody nobody really uh you know talks about you know the intangibles okay so you 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 lived in a couple places right yeah so what state or what city has the best woman ah man what state, what city has the best woman? That's tough. I mean, man, that's tough. I guess I'd have to, I, I'd have to say, I'd have to probably say Florida, um, as far as the energy. And I mean, two of my longest relationships were with, women that uh lived in florida so okay um, so what what city had the best had the best box out of all the <laughs> out, of <everybody, laughs> out of every place you've been to was it still florida i'm gonna say i'm gonna say palm beach palm beach okay okay all right okay you, you really is a you, you really is a, a southern hemisphere I mean, ass got, nigga I, I mean but you gotta understand Trey. I've, I've been a lot of places too so i mean I know, I know, I know. Right? So, damn, them them Jersey girls don't hold up, huh? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm 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 not I'm not knocking the Jersey girls at all, at all. 
I just haven't spent enough time in my adult life uh, in Jersey, I guess, to really have an opinion. I probably spent more time in Florida, uh, down south, than than anything. But I got love for Jersey girls. Okay, okay. All right. I personally feel like the honestly the best sex I had was from Louisiana uh, woman. Probably the best sex I done had, but I feel like when it comes to like the best one I dated, I'll probably say St. Louis. I'll probably say St. Louis was the best okay, one. So down south, down south. I heard that's I heard Midwest. Wild out that's, there. that's Midwest. I ain't gonna lie. Don't, 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 I mean, the Midwest got some bad, got some bad women. Honestly, I think the most beautiful woman I I, I seen was probably in Texas. I mean, mm, you gotta be in the right area, but. Shit, in Dallas, too. I remember when I first moved out here, I was in a furniture store. It was like some girl in this green dress that was just, like, drop dead beautiful. I, honestly, I ain't gonna lie. One of the most beautiful girls I ever saw was a, a New Jersey girl. Shayla, I ain't gonna lie. Shayla's probably one of the baddest girls I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Shayla. But I know her more on a personal level. But, nah, but the baddest, like, woman i ever seen, like, where I was just like, damn, was probably in Dallas. And I, I I won't doubt it. Probably in Houston, I probably seen some in Houston too. But in my last, my my memory is Dallas. But you also got some ratchets in in Dallas as well. But there's ratchets everywhere. But yeah, was, I saw a lot of talent when I went out to Houston. I only was out there for like two days, but yeah, I saw a lot of talent out there. Texas, Texas definitely got some drones. St. Louis sure. got some drones too. Everybody go to St. Louis. St. Louis got some beautiful girls. But honestly, I feel like a lot of girls in St. Louis, I don't think their priorities are saying my priorities in a way. If that makes mm. sense. Like I feel like a lot of them uh, are real materialistic, and I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that that ain't the case for most states, but to me, a lot of the girls are kind of materialistic and kind of all think the same way. Now, there's a couple, there's a couple ones that aren't the same, but I don't know. When I was in the Midwest, I was like, I could tell this girl from St. Louis. You ever just be like, I know this, per- I know where, I know where this person from. Yeah, it's kind of like that, you know. Yeah. But, uh, now I, I know I know you've been to a lot of places, but I also know you like. Damn, what the fuck are you again? <laughs> you West Indian, West Indian. Indian. Saint Lucia. Yeah, like mm-hmm. have, have you been to Saint Lucia? Oh yeah, I mean I lived there for two years when I was like a baby, but I used to go back and forth every year, um, you know, growing up. So uh, yeah, I, I mean I've been to just about every island in the Caribbean, minus I think Grenada and Tortola. Um, but just about just about every other island I've I visited, stayed for a little bit. So I, I've, I'm pretty well traveled in the Caribbean. Okay, international. That's a whole different player. energy out there. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a whole different energy out there. And I ain't gonna lie, you, honestly, like some of the baddest women I, I bad, best one I've seen is like from like you know different islands. Like, mm-hmm. like I ain't gonna lie, like the older I get, I'd be like, damn, like I need to get yeah, my, man, I, 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 need, I need to do some more traveling or. Not right. only just the Caribbeans, like South America, um, you know, you go to, uh, you know, some some parts in East East Africa, um, you know, depending on what you like, some spots in Europe, like definitely getting out and 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 exploring is 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 definitely key. Not nah, for real. But uh, I'm going to have to cut this uh, podcast, you know, at this point, Shell, I ain't trying to go over an hour. <laughs> But uh, Damn, before, it's been an hour already. It's been fifty-three minutes. But uh, okay. Any last words? Any last uh, like encouraging words? People out there that kind of want to become their own boss, create their own business. Any like wise words you want to give to them? Because I know that it is definitely a tough road ahead. But sometimes hearing somebody that been through the same place you're going because we might have some people out here that's wanting to go be in telecommunications that want to get into the wireless world and they be like, yeah. oh, it was the first time I heard somebody actually like my complexion trying to get out there so yeah. anything you want to say to them to help like you know keep them motivated just be yourself I mean just be yourself like God has created us all equally but different um, and you know anybody that's looking to get into something or like, like what you're doing with podcasts, just, just continue to be yourself. Like that's why your podcast is successful because you're being Traven. And a lot of people love Traven. Right. And that, that's something that can never be altered because you're always going to be you. When you create a company, you create a business, you want to go into the life of entrepreneurship, you know, follow who you truly are. And, And when you, when you focus on that, 
you know, there's not going to be any competition because there's only one of you. Right. So even if you're going into a space like real estate or whatever, right, whatever company you want to start up, like you can you can only be you and nobody else can be you. So focus on your why, like you said, what your passion and your purpose is um, and focus on connecting with that audience that resonates with you. Right. It's not about it's not about making everybody happy or pleasing everybody in the world. Find those people that are on the same wavelength as you that value what you have to say, that value what you're putting out. Um, and I guarantee you, you're going to find more people around the world uh, that that resonate with that. And that's 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 the audience that you that you focus on and uh, continue to to be loyal to and, and just let it grow. But don't give up. That's all I got to say. It's going to take time. Yo, I appreciate that, brother. Those are some good words. I appreciate you, man. Nah, I about to say, I've been trying to get you on for a minute, man. You're a busy man. Busy, busy <laughs> man. But I respect I the hustle and grind. But now nah, I got Me too, man. I got I, I to get you on again while I have some more, so, some more uh, juicier topics. Uh, you know, this is Sunday. I'm still trying to get myself together from traveling from last week because I don't be traveling like you. So that should be taking me out. I had to go straight back to work the next day. So it's my first day off since, I think, two, oh, a week, two weeks ago. But I know this is another okay. day in life for you, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I appreciate your words. You know, I love you, man. Like, we're going to chop Super. it up soon. Yeah, man. I'm going to come out to Dallas, and we're going to do an in-person uh, video podcast. Yo, we're going to definitely we definitely gonna do that shit. Bet that up. All right, bro. I'm going to holler at you. Holler at you, brother. Love you. Love you too, man. Peace. Peace. All right. So that was episode number 32. I don't know whether to call this episode Black Young Visionaries, Boss Talk, but, you know, I I love talking to my friends because all my friends do things different, and they're all are real inspirational to me. When I tell people I love the people in New Jersey, I really do mean it. They all come from different places, all had different mindsets, but they're all positive, though, and I really do appreciate that. My boy Sheldon's about to get real big when it comes to this whole wireless technology space he already has a lot of projects in the process right now and to me it's just amazing just seeing like where he came from you know like you can start a whole new career and get so much progress done in such a short amount of time if your mind's right so i just want everybody out there who's doing their doing their purpose doing their why or trying to learn a new why to just to keep continue doing what you want and just know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So it's been your boy Trader Realist. And just keep it real, man. Peace. <laughs>